This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, what's happening? This is TC Carson, and you are listening to ACMG's Talk Time Live. And this is Kratos. Keep listening. This week... E3 has finally ended its legacy. Insomnia Games finally responds to when we'll see the next update, including New Game Plus. Meanwhile, a hacker group claims to have compromised Insomnia Games with data from Spider-Man 2 and the upcoming Wolverine game. Florida Man wants millions from Rockstar Games. Bandai Namco releases a demo for Tekken 8. NetherRealm releases another huge patch update for all consoles, but does it fix the Nintendo Switch version? Then... In our final stage, we check out two action pack expansion DLCs, uh, courtesy of Square Enix and PS Studios in the form of Final Fantasy 16, Echoes of the Fallen, and God of War Ragnarok Valhalla. All this and more in this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. and welcome back to another game-filled edition of Select Start, the video game podcast for ACMG Presents Talk Time Live and TalkTimeLive.com. I am your host, Xavier Josiah, and this is the final show of the year. After this, we're going to take a break, but we will have some fillers and for you some throwback interviews that we will have for you guys to check out. And um, man, what a year of gaming that we have. We got a loaded show for you today. Uh, we... There's a lot like it's crazy, like how one week is just like no news and another week is just like, boom, everything just comes at you. We got a lot of news to talk about today. Some really pretty good things that have come out of this week. Uh, Some redemption, possibly this week uh, coming from NetherRealm. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about a lot of things that has happened this week. Um, Before I even forget, I just realized I didn't add this on my notes, but I'm just going to blurt it out now. Like a dragon, Gaiden is officially out with the English dub. So if you uh, played this game already and you played through the awesome subtitle version, the dub version is available right now as well. You can go check it out. It's a free update. Go check it out. I am definitely going to replay this game because unlike other anime uppity people, I'm not afraid to like enjoy the subs. I mean, the dubs. I, I enjoy it all. It doesn't matter. I'm just saying, don't be pretentious about it. Just enjoy it for what it is and give these act these English actors credit for what they do because they they come a long way for what they were able to do back in the day like these if you want you want to talk about crappy voice acting there is some crappy voice acting in like the 90s of video games in the 90s of anime like they weren't understanding how to really approach video games and they didn't take it really seriously because it was video games so they didn't think anybody else was going to take it seriously now you got to have like an oscar level performance to do these damn things or an emmy or um, an enemy, you know, level performance or a golden goal, go, uh, globe level performance to do these things. And they have, they have come a long way. So shut the hell up about, 
you know, the, the, the dubs is not even as good. Shut up, because half of you guys who saying that don't even speak fluent Japanese. I don't even want to hear it. <laughs> so there's that. So, yeah, there is so much to talk about aside from just that little mini rant right there. Let's talk about one of the biggest and saddest news to this week, and that is E3. Um, E3 was the which i believe this stands for electronic entertainment expo um e3 was the mecca of video of the video game industry it was the annual event it was like the super bowl it was wrestlemania if you will it was the annual affair that everybody would come down to celebrities and everything it just got bigger every year it's lasted for 20 more than 20 years and it just got bigger and when i honestly to be honest the original G4 needs to take get credit for elevating E3 because their coverage of E3 really helped, you know, bring that bring that event even more. Uh, when they started covering E3, people got caught wind of it because they didn't know if you didn't unless you lived in California, you didn't know about it. But G4 came out; it was like its own network. It was the MTV for video games, and they started filming at this area, and it's like it became like. Oh, I, I, I got to get there. I got to be there. I want to be there. They're, uh, you know, announcing all the new coolest games to come out and everything. And it afforded them the opportunity to get more sponsors and more, you know, stuff like that. That exposure really helped. You know, exposure really helps, period. Whatever, whatever, whatever you do. You get constant exposure. It helps elevate your, your, your brand, period. So... It just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I tell you, man, it was an enjoyable ride every year to look forward to watching E3 and getting the opportunity to, you know, enjoy what's to come in the world of video games. And I I will say, like, it was just an awesome event. Now, sadly, after I would say um, 2000 and let me see. I'm trying to look up um, E3 when they announced the, it was 2015. 2015 probably was the last great year for E3. And I say that because that was the year where they announced Final Fantasy VII Remake and Shinmu 3, mind you, amongst other games that were coming out. But those were the biggest announcements because those were two games that we were anticipating for so long like shimu 3 like it's sad because shimu 3 came out and it, it ended up being um a lackluster affair because yu suzuki um you know he distanced himself from sega which i think would have really helped him be able to create a really awesome third game but it turns out that game was not as great especially now because you know shinmu has fallen to the same fate as e3 in a lot of ways you got two big franchises two brands who became outdated and then you got these newer brands that are using kind of doing the same thing but better and in this case is rgg studios who really like what the like a dragon series have created a better shinmu style game they superseded what yu suzuki has done what he originally created in the open world atmosphere um they outdid him and, and and one of the things is that like the one of the people behind rgg studios 
is one of the protégés of Yu Suzuki. So that's, you know, it's like Luke Skywalker defeated Darth Vader. No, not to call, you know, Yu Suzuki, you know, evil or evil incarnate or anything like that. But it's, it's like student beats teacher. I should just say that. But then you got E3 who became outdated after a while. For whatever reason, I don't know. That's the problem. There's this a lot of inside politics or whatever like that. It seems like is going on that led to this. But a lot of people are also pointing out the fact that Nintendo may have actually been the catalyst to the end of E3 because they oh first of all Nintendo has they stopped they stopped doing live you know showcases at their shows like remember when we first learned about Reggie Fils-Aimé at E3. And it was awesome. It was great. But then they started doing something different in terms of just doing treehouse events, which is like, it was like Nintendo, it was the beginning of the Nintendo Direct. And then they just started doing Nintendo Direct and they started doing their own thing. So every year that they would go to E3, they would just, they would have a floor, you know, they would have a floor stage and all the stuff to do the treehouse aftermath of the you know, announcements and everything, but that was it. They would never do a stage. It became more cost-effective to do it that way. And it worked. And then on top of that, after a while, other people started doing it too. But even more, I think after 2015, we started seeing gradual changes. Um, there, there was the one year where like Sony didn't really have much to show. And, you know, Sony was, is always the marquee, like, E3 is like San Diego Comic-Con. And in every San Diego Comic-Con, it's not San Diego Comic-Con without the with without like um Marvel. Marvel was is always the marquee deal. It's, it's the reason why everybody's, you know, camping out for like days, for a couple days just to get in that Hall H. They are the marquee because you guaranteed you're going to get something extremely exciting coming out of that panel. I just watched a documentary on Vice on Viceland or Vice TV or whatever like that um, that talked about the first phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Or first two, actually phase one and phase two slightly. I wish they would have continued. It's such a great it, it, it's such a great documentary. They did a great job on this. And I'll talk about that on Sunday. I'll continue that, but that it, it is something related up here. But they talk about how Marvel really helped San Diego Comic-Con. Like, you remember that year when when they decided to, uh, Marvel decided to just go to, um, <laughs> they tried to do their own thing and go to D23 and just, you know, start announcing things over there. So Disney World, the Disney parks can, um, you know, can do it. And then they found out that that didn't really work. So they kind of came back to San Diego Comic-Con to do this stuff again. So it, that, you know, that, that, that was a thing right there, but Sony was always the Marvel of E3. And there was always some great announcements, some great things that were coming out. Well, after a while we started, I think like 2017 or 18 or whatever like that, we started seeing these changes. And then I think for a year or two, maybe 18 or 19, Sony didn't even appear. And that was like, okay, what is E3 without Sony? And Sony announcing any, and I think this is before like the PlayStation 5 and all the stuff was even announced and all the stuff. And then even worse, the pandemic hit. 
in 2020, nobody had anything. Uh, you know, I know for sure because one, I was, uh, you know, uh, observing all this and checking all this out, but also, you know, there was not only just no E3, there was no New York Comic Con, there was no San Diego Comic Con, there was nothing. And I know this because I was a part of New York Comic Con's, you know, virtual panels in 2021 when all this was going on. And I did a few panels with um, the cast of Naruto during, the, you know, those, the pandemic era and everything. So, you know, people were struggling to try to keep the fandom going, you know, during that time, but they were losing a lot of money in the process to do that. So it hit a lot of businesses hard, not just businesses in our favorite fandoms, just businesses, businesses in general. I lost clients that were on the path of trying to start their own, you know, businesses out there and their own brands and everything. But because of the pandemic hit, people lost out, <coughs> excuse me. And it was very sad. It was a very sad time. Um, for a lot of people and e3 got hit like yeah it, it was you know 2017 and 18 and 19 start you know it was definitely showing it but trust me like the pandemic was probably the proverbial nail in the coffin at that point and it you know really hit them hard financially it really hit them hard the fact that all these other companies were not joining them and late and then later comes to find out like in what 2022 last year or whatever like that um repop was going was looking to try to help e3 and it just didn't work out because you know sony microsoft nintendo none of them wanted to work with e3 I, again i would love to know what that was about like all of a sudden all these guys just started weeding out of the e3 business but then Amongst all this, out of the trenches, we got Jeff Keighley, who started, who started his own, you know, video, uh, you know, he's always been around. He's been around since G4, tech TV and all this stuff. He's been around, but in smaller doses, he's been around, you know, for game trailers that, you know, he did the game trailers website um, that he did. And now somehow this dude from Canada, <laughs> it just came out with the game awards and he formatted the game awards to be the best of like both worlds in a sense it's an awards it's an award show and it's nintendo direct combined so you're getting all these world you know premiere exclusives and you're getting you know all the uh you know the best of the best announced and, and celebrated and then on top of that he's adding a lot of star power not just like B, you know, B-level star power. He's adding major Oscar-winning talent. to Every year, it amazes me how big the talent gets that he gets added to be presenters or whatever of these things. It just is getting bigger. Again, I talked about this before in, um, on, in the last episode. I wish Roger Ebert was still alive to see this. I really do. Um, because he would, he would have to admit, he would literally have to admit that he was wrong about video games not being art and because we're it's 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 assimilated with hollywood and he considers film you know cinematic and cinema art they're bringing cinema into video games it's art it's always has been even with before the cinema it's a it's another art form <laughs> it's ridiculous for somebody to say there's something anything is everything is art 
Art is everything, people. Always remember that. There's an art to something. Even if it's something is, you know, very small or not. It's just the way you do things and how and, and how you implement it. If you do it in a way that has never been done for anybody else, if you do it perf with perfection, it's an art. There's an art to everything, people. Just remember that. This is from an artist. Okay. So I digress. <laughs> it, it's just, it just fell apart from this point. And they've been struggling trying to get it back on his feet. And just recently, officially on E3's social media platform, they put out a notice. It was basically waving the proverbial white flag. And it said, after more than two decades of E3, each one bigger than the last. Well, it was. It, it that's not exactly true. I just talked about like 2015 was the best year they had. It was the last great year that they had. And then everything became a little bit faltered. So, yeah, I would. Yeah. It was to a point. But the time has come to say goodbye. Thanks for the memories. And this is from GGWP, whoever that is. But this is an official announcement from E3. And I will say this. Thank you to everybody. I mean, and I mean everybody, not just, you know, the staff, the backs, you know, the, um, the engineers, the developers um, who have been a part of this, the, you know, the staff behind E3, the workers, the security, everybody who made E3 something special, something to go to. Thank you for all those years. It was great. It, we got some great emotional rides from that year. Again, that that year that final fantasy 7 remake you could go back and you could go back like you always go to youtube youtube as long as youtube's around we'll always have these memories but you could see the reaction videos of when people discover that final fantasy 7 remake was actually becoming a thing and after all these years of waiting and the reaction there were tears rolling everywhere from people people were crying because it was just something that we're so passionately wanted for all these years it was a great moment it was such a great moment it was such a freaking great moment man um it's hard to watch those reaction videos again because you get emotional just watch it because you remember all that you get nostalgic about that it, it reminds me of like when you watch guardians of the galaxy um volume two when yandu dies and they do the um they do the funeral oh it's I, I challenge anybody to not be emotional at that point or watch, uh, you know, Wakanda forever when they do memorials for um, for Chadwick or T'Challa. Uh, and that's just like or even, like any part of that. Like there's some there's some stuff you just can't walk away from. You got to just like you got to up it, man. You got to just you got to toughen up and just like let it out. <laughs> On that note, and that was one of them. If you're a gamer and you've been playing Final Fantasy for that long. And you've been aching for that. That was that year that we got. We finally got it. And it did not disappoint. Unfortunately, unlike uh, Shinmu 3 did. But man, it, you know, good times, great memories there. So thank you to everybody who's ever helped to bring E3 together. Because it, it really was a it was a great thing. And now we got the Game Awards. We got, you know, Nintendo Direct still. We got, you know, Sony State of Play, which... It's gotten better, but still nowhere near to what Nintendo does. You know, everybody wants to be. It's funny. People always try to downgrade Nintendo, but don't really realize how powerful Nintendo is. And um, 
you know, hey, they're innovators. Look, Breath of the Wild came out. We've seen a bunch of Breath of the Wild clones since. We see a lot of things that Nintendo do. Then Nintendo comes out with a Nintendo Switch. Now we got all these handheld portables trying to, you know, live up to it. it like we got the Asics, we got the, you know, Steam Deck, which by the way, I've seen some performance uh, videos of the Steam Deck and Asics. Apparently, they're not that perfect. <laughs> they're not nearly as good as what people say. Like they still got some hiccups and all that stuff. There's still some games in the Steam Deck that really doesn't live up because it's you know some of these games are still too powerful for it some of these games are still playing on 720 on the steam deck you know and, and it can only play up to 1080 which i mean that's not the biggest deal in the world when you think about it like yeah i thought it was i thought the steam deck and the asics and all that stuff was playing under 4k in 60 frames per second no apparently no these games they don't all perform as good on the on the Steam Deck or the Asics and all those other ones, but it is getting better. And you know, say what you will about the Switch, the Switch still has some legs to stand on. And again, people's trying people are trying to blame all of it on like the recent WB games that have come out. I will say this again: yes, the Nintendo Switch is a great system, but it's not the most powerful system. It doesn't have the RAM um you know power to produce you know what we like to see from it but it still have proven that it can look it can level up to a lot of these you know other huge you know you know graphically powered games so much so that they they have innovated other games to do in, in their system like they are the arc reactor they they have done things with that system that other bigger games have not been able to accomplish like Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom is a much better game than Horizon because even though they're kind of the similar open world games, Zelda is able to do things in that game that Horizon still has trouble doing in their open world traverse traversal, uh, you know, uh, platform. How does that happen? Okay, how the hell does that happen? And, and I'm, that's no slight on Horizon. I love uh, Aloy. I love the Horizon series. It is graphically the most stunning, one of the most stunning games to ever come out on a, a PlayStation 5 generation. But when it comes to overall traversal experience and, and, and gameplay, it doesn't hold. It does not hold. You know, it just isn't. And in fact, I, I would say they got, I would say this, they did get slighted on the Game Awards because if they, I think they got snubbed majorly because their expansion should have gotten nominated if Phantom Liberties got nominated because I thought their expansion was really good as well. I thought it was insanely good. I don't understand how they got slighted. It did come out this year. You know, again, we just forget so much, but it was a great story and it was a great game and it, it had, you know, it was, it should have gotten somewhat of a nod on that, but it's here nor there. All right, <coughs> let's move on to some other news here. Insomniac Games responds to the to when fans can receive the latest update for Spider-Man 2. Finally, we at least get to hear something here because a lot of people are upset because New Game Plus was not added immediately. Now, it was added on Miles Morales. Here's my take on why that happened. Here, first of all, if you guys remember 
Miles Morales came out in 2020. Unbeknownst to anybody, they were working on this. They were working on this game. Unbe we nobody knew that they were working that Insomniac was working on a Miles Morales game until they announced it. And they were able to work undisclosed in secret. So they probably were working on this for quite a while and was able to add new game plus. Whereas when they announced their first Spider-Man, they wanted to get it out as, as much as possible, quickly as possible. Just like God of War needed to come out as quickly as possible. Just like um, Batman Arkham Knight was it needed to come out. And you know what all those have in common? None of them had new game plus at, at, at on release day. All of them had to have new game plus, you, you know, down the line. Uh, if I'm correct, like God of War Ragnarok got their new game plus in 2020 in 2023 from its 2022 release. In fact, uh, it was April of 2023 that, you know, new game plus was released and they came out in 2022. So we didn't get those for months on end. And people were wondering, like, well, I'm like, well, Yes, Spider-Man Miles Morales did get it, but we didn't know that that game was coming out. So they had plenty of time to add that in and implement that in without us even, you know, bugging them to actually put it in. Now, we did know that Spider-Man 2 was coming out and, you know, they're just, it's such a big game. They wanted to wait. Now, I, I was the one that was on, you know, social media, like not sweating this because it was like, they did this before other games do this before this is normal practice you just you're 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 gonna nag and that's all that's all people do online and i, I i've done it every once in a while but we tend to nag as if that's that's an effective way to rush them to do it it's not it's not nagging somebody on social media nagging a company on social media it's not like your misconception of you just keep bringing up you know new game plus new game plus new game plus is not going to help the matter quicker. It's not going to work. It doesn't. They're going to bring it out when they're ready to bring it out. But what you want to hear is an answer as to when it's coming out. And I get that. But put yourself in their shoes. Put yourself, which nobody does. Nobody wants to do that because they know. I think people know in the heart of hearts, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that if they were in the same position, they would never, there would be no difference. You would not be able to do it. it there's a reason why things happen everybody thinks that everybody's so cynical and jaded today that they think that everything is being happening that happens maliciously some things are some things aren't some things are a little bit more transparent some things aren't some things require you to actually get be a part of the experience to understand why things are happening that way and in this case i knew Spider-Man 2 was not going to get a new game plus already. And when I played, you know, you know, Ragnarok Valhalla recently, it's like, I just realized they took a while to come out with it too. And they asked, they also added a whole bunch of other things. So it's just, we live in a short attention society where people have to have everything at the ready and there's no patience involved in any of this. And we need to stop that. We need to go back into the mentality of patience. We need patience is strength. Patience is power. If you're able to do and plus most of us, it's no way in the world that none of us can be patient because we got, we, I guarantee you, we all have a backlog of games that we could go back to and play. Like it's okay to play an old game. There's, there's such a thing called a go back game. You could go back to that game 
and play that game and you'll have fun. You could go back and play Super Mario Brothers 1 on the Nintendo and have fun with that and be okay. Yes, it doesn't have 60 frames per second or high power graphics, but I get you, bet your ass will still have fun playing it. Okay, so patience, people. Patience, true believers, if you will. So Insomniac put out a statement and it writes, hey, Webheads, we have so we have some news about the next game update for Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man 2. We know players have been eagerly waiting for, uh, for features such as New Game Plus and audio descriptions among other many or many more, which I believe they're gonna bring out a bunch of different things when this thing come out. So people are gonna be very happy because they've always been very happy with Insomniac games, but I'll keep going. We have been working vigilantly, uh, I believe that, on these features and require more tests or more testing to ensure the quality is up to standard. I totally believe that it makes sense. Don't rush it. We are now targeting early 2024 for the next game update and we'll have a feature complete list closer to its release. We've heard your feedback and we will be adding some highly requested features. Looks like, sounds like y'all gonna get that Venom. <laughs> a lot of people been wanting that Venom, you know, roam around the city type of thing. So we'll see what they get. I think that's gonna happen because uh, people have been finding loopholes on how to make Venom you know, travel out from place to place and all this stuff. So uh, when he wasn't supposed to be, and then they patched it up and restricted that from happening, including the ability to change day and time, swap uh, tendril colors and replay missions, just to name a few. So yes, we're getting all that and more. And I think if you guys remember in Spider-Man one, there may be some extra stories that may be coming in. And there were some stories involving Wraith that still needs to be told in the game. So there's some things that we could go back to. Um, we can't wait to share more with you in the future. In the meantime, we appreciate your patience as our team works to finish our next update for Spider Marvel Spider-Man 2. Thanks, Insomniac Games. So people, just wait. Stop acting so entitled. Um, there's so many other games you could play. There's other things you can have fun. Just be glad this game, when it came out, it was a lot of fun and yeah there was a little bit of issues to it but they quickly fixed that and overall it was an enjoyable experience i had so much fun with the game and because i i, I said i wasn't gonna do this i didn't want to do this i wanted to wait till new game plus i can't i'm gonna replay that game again but i'm just gonna not 100 it out i'm just gonna enjoy the experience of playing that game and have a lot of fun playing it it's it's worth going back to play so have fun just chill be patient. It will come and then it happened. We got to stop acting like adult babies. Like, let's be real. We got to stop acting like adult babies. If you really look at yourself and if you look at how other people act on, we're acting like a bunch of spoiled brat kids online. And I hate to put myself into it, but I'm saying in general, but we, 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 as people, we, as a community feel like that we have to be entitled for everything. Feel like we got to be angry at every, <coughs> excuse me. We have to be angry at everything. It's really not. And I, I, I would question the mental health of a lot of us when we use social media to vet. I, I, I say it before. Social media is the proverbial pillow that people use to, to you know, put their face in and scream. It's, it's the pillow to scream into. And it's not maybe the, it, it may not be the most healthiest thing to do. 
we need to really look at ourselves figure out what the hell is going on in our own lives in our own personal lives and fix that because how you act in the real world you generate that into the virtual world and you using social media as a way to vent and that's not a healthy thing at all it is not what social media was intended to do again again it wasn't intended to do half of the things that mark zuckerberg is doing with it now <laughs> or, or or any of those other guys but it was originally meant to just to reach out to family and friends or even meet new friends and it just got so out of hand and so toxic after a while and it just became a, a filter for people to you know exploit and do all these things it just it's gotten so bad but somehow some way we need to get back and you know let's work on ourselves before we get into that situation because it's just stuff like this we, we really don't have to really do that and, and please i question everybody who thinks that they know go try to get a job at one of these game develop um development companies or even talk to some of these developers because i guarantee you don't know everything and if you did you will be working getting paid for all these i don't know half the stuff i learn from the people that i interview i learn from the people that i talk to you know and get this information from I, you know, I, 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 there's some things I do understand because of what I do for a living and my experiences, but there's some other things that you may not know. There, there's some things that you just really had learned. You, there's some things that may require experience to do. Um, you, you just can't act like you know everything. And if you did, you're, you would not be making money doing what you're doing. You would be making money in that industry. That's just saying all I'm saying here. So meanwhile while they're working on you know damage control <laughs> no pun intended for that we got news of hackers that claim to have stolen servers uh, um server information from insomniac games featuring data from spider-man 2 and wolverine along with some personal staff data ransomware group known as Reseda has targeted insomniac games claiming that they have passport scans of developers that worked on spider-man 2 and images from the upcoming wolverine game they are demanding um, the amount of two million dollars within a seven day deadline i think we may be down to like maybe three or four days left or whatever sony has responded to ign saying we are aware of the reports of insomniac games has uh, been the victim of cyber security attacks. We are currently investigating this situation. We have no reason to believe that any uh, other SIE, Sony Interactive Entertainment, or Sony Division have been impacted. So, <coughs> excuse me. I gotta say, this is sad. This is sad and both sad and pathetic. We're just at an age it just feels like so much it's so gotham city right now it is and it's you know and it's that, just saying that it's going to segue into the next next uh segment discussion real quick but i feel like we live in gotham city right now we're getting close to living in a gotham city like environment and this is bad this is so bad you know hackers all the the violence is going on in the world all, all this stuff it's like why does this have to happen why do why are we why are we embracing evil why are we embracing you know lack of morality here like 
it is i mean if things just got so bad i honestly i figured it, it literally everybody aims it at like 2020 i aim it on september 11th like we things just started you know from the minute we got pervert we got you know here in the u.s we got sucker punched it's changed the dynamic of everything from that point on it's been like dominoes it's just kept you know falling and falling and falling and then you know 2020 came and it really hit the fan at that point and it's just not been the same since it's been crazy and i don't know what it's i i feel like just a lot of people in this country it just tired fed up and just want to see the world burn and when you just see stuff like this it's like god why can't people just live life in love as i always say learn to let go live life and love all things it's becoming harder to do that in a lot of ways but we got to keep fighting man sometimes a lot of what we do a lot of the problems that we have can be solved by us because we're the ones that started it and it's e it can easily be stopped by just stopping but we're afraid to and when I see stuff like this and these these hacker groups and all this stuff, and it's just like, God, it, it just it boggles me to this no end. With that said, I hope that they resolve this. I hope that they find these guys and I hope that they get their just due because this is like you're messing with people's livelihood. Now, this is beyond video games. The fact that you got personal data from people and for what reason? And I feel like these are kids that are doing this, too, like. I just feel like, like, why would it, why would any other, you know, hacker group go after Insomniac Games? There's so many other, you know, companies in, in industries that you could go after. You went over after Insomniac Games. Is that not the sign of a kid involved in this whole thing? Like, seriously, it, it, that's a really significant, you know, target to focus on. I feel like the people behind this Reseda maybe a bunch of like young kids. And if that's the case, young kids usually, they usually don't back themselves up really good. They, they start off sounding kind of strong, but eventually things get caught up. So we'll see how that works. Um, it, they, they're playing with fire They're They are playing with fire and you know, good luck to you. <laughs> or if you, you get caught when it is, when it, if or in you get caught, Trust me, if you're just a kid at home doing this, boy, I feel for you. <laughs> I feel for you. I feel for you. Good luck with that. We'll see how this goes from there. But, um, you know, power to all the people who are, you know, the victims of this right now. It's just, it's just sad. You know, it's just really sad right now. So speaking of Gotham, the Florida Joker demanding money from Rockstar Games for their character depiction of a guy with similar features claiming that they are in, um, you know, assimilating his likeness without consent. Lawrence Sullivan, also known as the Florida Joker, believed or believes that the record setting GTA trailer mimics his 2017 mugshot, which come on. Yes, it does. It absolutely does. Along with other famous incidents in state Florida and remember, he probably also saw the GameSpot comparison video because GameSpot put out a comparison video 
of all the things that were seen in that trailer based on some real events that actually happened in Florida. That is enough evidence to really put it out there. And I, you know, I, I reached out to the ACMG Facebook group asking them about that. And a lot of them think that he doesn't have legs to stand on. I am not totally sure about that. You know, <coughs> excuse me. It, it absolutely, it absolutely 100% does mimic his, if his infamous incident along with other people, it, it does. It is possible if he gets the right lawyer and the right prosecutor to, you know, or the defender to, or prosecutor to do his case, he gets the right lawyer. He may get out of this. I mean, dude, like if you look at the comparisons of the character in GTA, uh, GTA six and him, there are like the, 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 the tattooed eyes absolute dead ringer they didn't do the batman symbol because it's batman but they added something else i mean his mouth which has the joker you know mouth in real life um they replaced it with uh you know bob wire it looks like but still it's to mimic him and then it also in the gta video he does a mugshot the dude has a mug like it's the same dude like go watch that gt that uh game spot comparison trailer it's the same thing they took real world elements and fit and, and put them into fictitious settings. And this is going to be one of those cases when they do the game, there's going to be that, that disclaimer saying the likeness and series of yada, yada, yada of any of these guys are just totally fiction. Yeah, that's normally true, but come on, man, this, this is a little bit dead ringer. So don't be surprised. I think one, he can always you know, put out a, a, a suit on these against these guys. He could file a suit against these guys, but don't be surprised if this dude actually does have some legs to stand on. And if he has some legs to stand on, there's some other people that might add on too. If he wins this case, there's some other people in the game. The, the, the girl that was twerking on top of the car, that was another one. Who's to say if she, if he wins this, who's to say that that chick may not actually um, go for it because they mimic that situation. They, you know, I mean, it's a different person technically. And again, that is kind of different because that chick on that was twerking on the, um, in the car in GTA six is absolutely a different looking, you know, uh, character than the actual real world person. But that Joker dude, that's a little different. It, it, it you know it, it it does play a little bit factor so don't be surprised a good a good or great lawyer can flip the narrative really well and if there's a jury involved you can absolutely convince the jury to like say that this dude this this is totally based on him this dude deserves some residuals from this it could happen it can easily happen so look we had cases where somebody you know, sued in one for burnt coffee because the coffee was too hot. You never know how these cases could go, man. Okay. You, I just always go back to that. Like people won cases for the dumbest reasons and got, and got settlements for the dumbest reasons. So don't, 
don't don't knock it off don't don't call it a day just yet we'll see how that goes so all right let's move on to fighting game news bandai namco released tekken 8 demo and first of all thank you bandai namco for that i really appreciate it second i totally enjoyed this demo i am so excited for uh tekken 8 right now i question I, i'm actually glad that they waited to 2024 because i want that game to be you know as solid as can be but they are packing this with a lot a absolute lot here this is an epic start to the story mode to the game story mode which include jen kazama and uh kazuya battling it out in a tutorial fight Tekken 8 now has the options for easier combos and combat with moves that for leisure fighters you know the same thing that pretty much street fighter did you know with the deal making you know more simplistic moves here um <coughs> excuse me the game also now fights with QTE modes or quick time event sequences between cutscenes within the fights. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen on every fight, but I was very surprised and caught me off guard to see that in within the first fight with those two. So, you know, this story mode may be very interactive in that way. And I'm all for it because I always like the, the um, quick time event sequences in games. I've always like God of War is the, you know, that was a quick time event. We talked about Yu Suzuki earlier. Um, quick and, and Shinmu 3 or Shinmu in general. Quick time event was one of the things that kind of Yu Suzuki revolutionized. Now, he wasn't the first to do it. Like that traces back to um, an old game from the 80s called Dragon's Lair. Because, you know, it was totally, that game was totally built on quick time event, you know, sequences. But he coined the phrase quick time events and kind of modified it to implement, to be implemented within Shinmu. So he he kind of made it more famous, and then we've seen it played best in God of War. Like Santa Monica Games really knocked it out the park, which I am so disappointed that I don't see it in the in, in the recent uh, God of War games. Um, and we got to talk about that too. Speaking of which, um, maybe I'll talk about that in in the final stage because the original creator of God of War had some choice words to say about um the recent god of war games which uh very interesting very interesting to, to talk about too but we also uh see what i love about tekken <coughs> excuse me one of the things i loved about tekken is that the story modes were always significant in a really awesome way in the sense that every character you know these are characters from around the world and normally when you play a fighting game it's usually it's one or two different you know dubs dub voices it's rather it's in english or it's in japanese but tekken is always going the extra route and i'm glad that they're continuing this now i think they started that in tekken 6 and, te and then continued it on tekken 7 but tekken 8 will have the return of multi-language voice acting in here meaning whichever that character's nationality or ethnicity is based on that character will have their voice actor based on that 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 like their um their traditional language or their native language i should say so there's a there's a character in there that speaks french 
There is a character who speaks English. There is a character who speaks Japan. There are characters who speak Japanese. Um, I think there was an Israeli act, you know, um, you know, a character in there last year. Like there's a lot of characters from, like a character from China. So you're going to have a, you know, have them speak in Chinese dialect as well. And I love that they've gone all out to really make an authentic story. And it really matter. It really, it warms my heart to see that they put in so much effort to create a really story. And I love the fact that every character is, 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 um, you know, fluent in multiple languages. I love that because they, <laughs> excuse me, like you'll hear Kazuya talk to Nina. Nina speaks English, but she also understands Japanese. So they'll have their conversation. He'll still, he'll continue to speak Japanese. He doesn't have to speak English to, you know, to, uh, to have a conversation with her. She automatically knows what the hell he's saying, but it makes sense because Nina is a, you know, international assassin and spy or whatnot. So like she, you, uh, of all people, you would be mostly equipped to be, you know, um, educated in multiple languages, but most, we find that most of the characters are also doing the same thing as well. So I thought that idea is always so awesome. And it's something that you'd never see on any of the other fighting games before, which is great. Like you could get away with that on Mortal Kombat because they focus on Outworld and all this stuff. But to some extent, there should be other languages there too, because not everybody should be speaking English, but nonetheless, they go all out and it makes it more authentic. And that's what I love about it. it. It makes it so much more authentic of an experience um, that they do it that way. So I'm looking forward to this whole entire story. It looks awesome. And you also have the opportunity to check out Arcade Quest, which is another story-based mode that they have in here, an offline story-based mode, mind you, which has its own story that resembles that of a Pokemon journey as your avatar character that you, you will be able to create is inspired to become the best Tekken player in the world. If this game would have released this year, honestly, in my opinion, both Mortal Kombat 1 and Street Fighter 6 could have had some serious competition. Tekken 8 is doing something that I've said many times on this show that I wanted Street Fighter to do, and I hope that they still end up doing to do, and that is to create a solid separate story mode along with their storied world tour mode. Because to me, the world tour mode on Street Fighter 6, as much as I love it, it doesn't really connect the dots as much. I'm hoping that there's an expansion story expansion coming soon, just like they did with the Shadow Falls. And we'll get a more elaborate telling of what everything's going on from based on fun, based upon the uh, prelude of the comic series, if anybody's ever read that. So I really appreciate it what they did there. And um, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was absolutely awesome there. So um, kudos to them on that note. And uh I, I really, really, really appreciate it from there. So, folks, that will do it for this portion of the show. We're going to take a break, come back, and we will enter the final stage where I have two expansion stories to talk about in the form of... Oh, wait. Stupid me. We got one more thing to talk about. I can't cut this off now. Stupid me. This is where the, this is where the record scratches right now. I got to give my thoughts on Mortal Kombat. The Mortal Kombat patch is up. The Mortal Kombat patch that actually may have helped the Nintendo Switch finally. There's some awesome improvements on here. Um, I will not go down <laughs> the list of all the improvements, the general fixes and adjustments that they recently made, uh, which was uploaded. It 
it was a huge it was another huge um data update patch update for the nintendo switch and it needed it and it shows trust me if you own the nintendo switch version i think you're going to be generally happy as to the improvements that they go in there and i think we're getting to the point now where the joke is over with the with the recent development of the mortal kombat one on the switch um there's a there's quite a noted uh, quite a bit of noticeable improvements on the switch version including lighting and shadow effects for each character texture on clothing has improved character models are more detailed loading transitions from cutscenes to game have slightly improved on the story mode they're less they're far less dragon logo loading screens than before but there are still some out there so they're still working on it but you can see that they're getting less and less and less as you go by and i i haven't played this game in quite a while so trust me when i tell you the last time i played it was the last time they updated the game because there were still some issues in the game i'm seeing less of those issues now um including i have not had any crashes or bugs yet in this game and i played for a good amount of hours on a switch last night um that consisted of the tower mode the invasion mode and the um end story mode now the tower mode is where i had the crashes on mostly um i am not seeing that now at all and i played for a good portion of a bit so it's not to say i'm not going to see it again but so far so great but the tower mode is even better they improved on it most noticeably they added the clashing intros which was not on there and that just told me and i said this before and a lot of people knew they rushed this game out and as happy as i am that these improvements are coming in i am still kind of disappointed and slightly upset that they have rushed this game out because this is their own fault they thought that they were going to be able to get out of this without people talking about it or mentioning this because we have a love for mortal Kombat. no you rushed this game out looking the way it did and yes it looks tons better now you can see details in the faces and the models during gameplay um marlena you know um barack like they look awesome now in comparison to what it was when it first came out but they 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 really they really rushed this game and i'm like yes we would have probably been not happy that it didn't come out the same time that the other ones came out but if you guys would have been straight up with us I think this would have been a lot better just do the same thing with with you know um rocksteady did you know delayed it a little bit and now granted they delayed it and 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 made to make sure that the first two games were great but um gotham knight still needs work on that note but i believe just like netherrealm that they will improve on it in due time and seeing the game the way it is now it brings me great hope that rocksteady will eventually improve a lot of what needs to be improved on arkham knight because the first two games are absolutely a joy to play on a switch and, and again it make it proves my point again it is not the hardware it is the software it is the developers that are not able to make this game what it is because now we're seeing this game look better and perform better the game performs with better stability than before the final boss of Shang soon his hair looks much better than it ever did before it looks like i've seen the 
the evolution of Shang Tsung's hair. There was like he had he had his hair at the top, you know, on the sides were like gray and his hair was on top and you kept seeing this and it just didn't look like it really matched up. Now it looks great. He has a lot of shadow and in lighting and reflection in his uh in his suits and everything and it just looks awesome it looks way better than it before um they also added kwan chi to the game too and kwan chi looks absolutely fantastic in this game now um he is dope he, he he looks awesome he plays awesome it looks fantastic and seeing all the clash intros i end up having to go back to play omni man to see all the class intros with him against other people i'm going to go back and play as jean-claude van damme on air to watch that as well so i'm i'm looking very much forward to revisiting this game and finally getting the experience that switch owners were waiting for because now we're beginning to get to that point so switch owners be joyful tis the season it has finally happened i do say it should have happened a lot sooner or it should not have come out until they were absolutely at this point or even better like if we needed to see this in 2024 then let it be you know it, it just needed to be okay they should not have this is the part where i think i would say oh wait, should i add to the ending sequences of tower mode looks a lot cleaner than it did before as well it still needs a little bit of work but it looks much better it looked like a cluster last time around now it looks much cleaner and it's still got some ways to go to look better as well so they're still working on this game but I, I need more companies to be straight up. I need more companies to own up to what they're doing. I think the morale of the fans matter. I think if you're, if you show yourself to your fans, your fans will still be stuck up with you. I think it's worse when you keep it a secret and you take our money at the same time and then don't tell us anything and where you expect us to be fans to me that sells our intelligence which i do believe some of these companies you know really doesn't it, it i the, i think that they absolutely don't value a lot of our intelligence and i think they think little of us because we'll see something shiny and cool and fun and we'll buy into it that's changing that is beginning to change people are not thinking of themselves as fans or gamers as much as they used to they're thinking of themselves as consumers they are valuing their dollar in this world of inflated in this inflated world it's time for a lot of you guys to be more straight up do what cd project red does if you make a mistake own up to it you will still gain more fandom from your from your target audience then you would not telling us and sweeping it under the rug. Look what AEW games is doing right now. What they're doing is God awful. I've tried supporting them as much as I could, and I cannot find myself to defend what they're doing right now with, with the, with a AEW fight forever. It is, I, I don't understand it. They're like they're becoming the opposite of what we saw of them four years ago. They're making WWE 2K. Like it's the more dominant game and it really isn't by comparison now it is before that it was just like dude what are y'all doing why why they were they were doing those same things now we see aew games doing the same similar things and 
they're not living up to what they promised. They're not living up to what they're doing. Like we need more companies to be more straight up with their fan base, with their consumer base, I should say. And like, I think if they are, I think we will be more supportive if you don't treat us like idiots. Granted, some people are idiots, but <laughs> if you don't treat us like it, maybe we won't be idiots. So, and maybe you won't be so skeptical and cynical for God's sake all the time. So just keep that in mind in the future for hopefully, you know, the mindset, the mindset, the ideology of the gaming industry needs to change in a nutshell. You know, we'll support you just support us just as much. And now that will do it for this segment of the show. We're going to take a break, come back and I will go into our final stage where I will talk about final fantasy 16 and God of war Ragnaros expansions and uh, give my thoughts on both. And we'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time live.com talktomlive.com provides all of our acmg content with new and previous episodes exclusive interviews articles and much more visit talktomlive.com and let us help you learn to let go live life and love all things acmg talk time live the final stage of this program and i am here to talk about two awesome dlc expansions courtesy of square enix and ps studios by way of santa monaco and we got final fantasy 16 echoes of the fallen and we got god of war ragnarok valhalla and coincidentally these are like two roguelike expansions like both of these play as roguelike games uh god of war ragnarok valhalla especially but you know echoes of the fallen does play on that road too because this is like you're going up from tower to tower stage to tower stage until you get to the main boss and all this stuff more actually more or less like i, I wouldn't say rogue maybe like beat em up like streets of rage maybe but nonetheless they're both a lot of fun i played through them both um both has some really cool stories but i think the i'm more interested in the Valhalla story even more because they kind of touch on a lot of Kratos past and we also got to talk about I'll talk about Final Fantasy first get that one out of the way but we got to talk about that because the original director and the man behind God of War and Twisted Metal David Jaffe he had some interesting words to say not not to say really like negative or anything like that he just has his view of the recent iteration of Kratos so very interested to talk about that as well so i wanted to save that for this segment rather than talk about it in our previous segment there so let's start with final fantasy echoes of the fallen let's talk about the story now first of all 
I'm not going to go about this the same way that I did when I first review a game because we've already reviewed these games. These are just expansions. If you recall last year, um, I gave God of War Ragnarok an A plus. It's like, there's no way in hell. I was not going to give that an A plus. And this year with 16 coming out, I gave it a solid A. Um, it was good. Didn't blow me away, but it definitely made a great impression. And as far as action RPGs are, but as far as Final Fantasy games, there I you know I've already went through some really good Final Fantasy games. Like it doesn't top Final Fantasy um, 15, nor does it top uh, you know remake. So I really really enjoyed it. I love um, I love the characters in there or whatever like that. And um, but you know Clive is dope. Clive is absolutely a dope character. I, I honestly Clive is the most powerful possibly arguably the most powerful final fantasy character of them all because of what this dude can do but the overall experience no nah, i've played you know i had more enjoyable final fantasy games out there final fantasy 15 and final fantasy 7 remake is one of my all-time favorites right now um crisis core also plays in that as well so i gotta play that one again too but um nonetheless this was a great expansion and there's also another expansion that is coming in spring of 2024 as well so i'm looking forward to that what i love about this expansion first and foremost it was only 10.99 i love that <laughs> i love that because here's the thing it wasn't really a big expansion but it was a it was a great dessert if you will it was a really great dessert and i think the pricing fit it. it it gave you an extra story the story wasn't that long but it was hearty enough it it, it left you full you know in, in an enjoyable experience with that dessert so i like the pricing i thought the pricing was appropriate granted if you get both of them you get it for even less than that but i just jumped at the first one because it was already released that day and i just like all right i'll worry i'll pay the whatever for because i know it's going to be good anyway but there's another expansion coming and um 2024 and during the spring so stay tuned for that the story for this and i'll read it off when fragments of an artificial dark mother crystal start being uh distributed amongst val valistia valistia <laughs> black market clive and his companions investigations lead um them to learn more about the, the extinguished precursor race and how and uh, how said race deci uh, decisions could lead to pathways towards a new future in humanity for Velasthea. And this was an interesting story because the theme, the feel of Final Fantasy 16 is very, it's, it's, it's um, very medieval, if you will. There's no form of futuristic technology involved in it. And it, it is more like, mystic and magical than anything however this new storyline opens up something really interesting because these mother crystals that they've been chasing around and taking down this entire main story may connect to a whole new entire race and species an alien species as well that is using modern technology a lot of the new foes and people that they were facing in this expansion they were like an alien race they they were you know using technology that is more modern to 
this era, this society, that the real world society we live in, but even more advanced to that case, almost in a Marvel Studios level amount of advancement there. And I'm just interested where this direction is going because now it's it's now starting to feel a little bit like Final Fantasy seven in a sense because final fantasy seven it, it had a mixture of that kind of almost medieval type of deal but also like any modern setting too but like now this is like okay now we're just really crossing these different type of paths here and see what's happening with this and how this is going to change it, it like it felt like this was something that's going to change the way you know they live forever because they're going to get these advancements uh you know clive and the gang you know as they were venturing through this castle saw a bunch of ships saw a bunch of like things that you know they would that's far and away in advance of what they were already having in their normal existence so i don't know what this is leading up to but what i like about the game is that it's a fun short story which has you going into these like rogue like you know action stages and you're just going up into this into the um to the headquarters of this place and each challenge becomes even more challenging at the time but not too challenging again if you choose to play just for the story you'll be able to enjoy the game you may you still won't always win but the key is like even if you lose they'll start you right back up from where you left off you don't have to start at the very bottom or whatever like that and at least that's thank goodness they don't do that and then on top of that if you play the story version if you play the story settings they'll replenish you with enough to beat the guy the second time because a lot of times it's basically survival mode and that's what honestly i said you know streets of rage earlier this does play like streets of rage in the sense of their their expansion when dotemu came out with their expansion pack which was like the survival x mode or whatever like that and you it was basically a survival mode where you keep going up stages to meet mr x and whatnot this is kind of the same thing but difference is is that when you actually after you lose and you know all the you know you lose everything and you die you start you you start the game over right exactly where you left off so you can you can fight the the enemy once again but you'll have your your you know your hp and um your potions and all that stuff uh replenish so you could beat and move on so they the, once again the biggest focus is for you to enjoy the story if you want to challenge yourself you could change the settings to do it as well again power choice makes for better gameplay always and uh i enjoyed it i enjoyed it and it left you it left an open-ended type of situation because then you know again the other expansion is coming so hopefully we get more answers in the next expansion but i'm um, I absolutely enjoyed it absolutely enjoy this um final fantasy 16 also provides you with sword skins this time around allowing you to change the look of your swords without equipping a new one with different stats um we've seen this a lot on other action rpg games and whatnot so um this is a great addition here and i as i kind of figured what was going to happen if you play if you buy this expansion and you play through this expansion you win this expansion there is a more powerful sword for you to find in this game and an awesome looking sword at that so um you will find an even more powerful sword than the one that you ended up with at the end of the uh, main story which means the other expansion there may be something else coming too so um uh, 
definitely go there's there's something to go after this game for and you can replay i believe you can replay this as well and i believe that final fantasy 16 does have new game plus so again sony i mean square enix always looks out you can't and, and please people don't compare one studio to the next because they do their things differently and when when square enix comes out with a game mind you it takes years for them to come out with a game so they have enough time to add new game plus they don't rush at all which is something that i think a lot of companies always should look at because they never rush and when they finally come out with things it comes out fully but i will say i think final fantasy 7 remake didn't have new game plus at the beginning either um i could be wrong about that but i believe that may have been the case too so but nonetheless a really fun expansion um a, a great addition to the already awesome game that is final fantasy 16 which is why it was nominated as one of the best games this year and i would agree to that it was absolutely one of the best and fun games that i played this year um which by the way when i do come back it will be the best of uh 2023 which will include now and that may also be just one show uh i may not do like a select start show i may just combine all of that into one prime show talking about the best anime this year that i've watched the best uh comics that i've read the best video games out there um that i've played in the best um movies that i got to see this year so um of 2023 so i may combine it all in one just one swoop from there so stay tuned for that but you can also change outfits in this game too. Uh, the games, the outfits that you ended up having at the end of the main story, you can now use those for the new story, or you can use those during, I believe, the um, the replay of the game, the new game plus aspect of the game too. So, a lot of fun to be had. I would definitely say this is worth a go, especially for the price of ten ninety nine, or I believe twenty bucks or twenty five bucks or whatever like that for both of them. Um, this is a go. If you had a great meal. That was Final Fantasy 16. If you felt that was a really good hearty meal and you want a little bit more dessert, get this. Great price, a lot of great filling right there. So check it out. Go out of your way, check that out. Now, let's talk about God of War Valhalla. First of all, I love Santa Monica games. I love PS Studios and I love God of War. And the fact that they gave us a brand new really fully developed expansion for free mind you when we got game companies coming out with wrestling games that are trying to juice us for every set that we got even though we spent a ton of money on an already bundle pack and they're adding modes that they trying to make us pay for one of the best games of 2022 gave us a great Christmas gift in the form of Valhalla, a free DLC expansion. It's not even just like a roguelike experience. It's a fully fleshed out story that is, you know, provided to us by Sony that tells the story of, of uh, I was about to say Thanos, of Kratos as he goes in on, you know, a new venture. So basically the story to this here, and the story is awesome. The story, I would say the story is awesome here. An invitation reaches Kratos, inviting him to a mystic land of Valhalla. He's still in Norse God, you know, territory here. It is here 
we will see Kratos face his pains and of the past. But is the person is the person who invited him? Uh, but who is the person I should say is invited him and why? Each character tells a story, or I'm sorry, each chapter tells a story and takes Kratos back to his past in Greece. Like they go back, they throw it back to you know the original God of War time where he's learning to take accountability for his rage and the pains that he carried along with him throughout the first game and, and uh, Ragnarok as well. He faces familiar foes from the past. Um, there's the mini stages look amazing by mind you, because one of the stages that I really love, it takes you back to Greece. It takes you back to the area that he ransacked all through because he's now going in Valhalla he projects Valhalla basically it's not just a place but it's a place that allows you to project whatever you're thinking in your mind and what he was thinking was Greece and the thing and the, all the things that he had to go through in the past so the past is coming back to him you will see you will keep re-entering these stages unlocking new areas and doors within them to seek new abilities and elements throughout the way Kratos also has a large assortment of new clothing and armor designs. I mean, they look fantastic. They look awesome. In God of War fashion, Kratos loses his health and powers in the beginning, making him gain it all back in Valhalla. So I like the fact that they went back to that type of situation because that's old school God of War. Old school God of War is like you start in part two and you start off like just as powerful as you was in part one. And then something happens where it just takes all your energy and it zaps you away. And then they do the same thing in, in God of War 3 and you end up having to like start all over again and having to re back up. So they, you know, kind of pay homage to the experience that you had in the original God of War. Um, but the game overall, it is a roguelike game, but it really, somebody, the developers in Santa Monica and PS Studios have been playing a lot of Hades because this game is a much more elaborate version of Hades. It plays a lot like Hades. It does a lot of things. Um, I would love to hear how they came up with this and how the idea came about because the, just basically how the story, you know, direction is going and all that stuff, It there's a lot to be reminded of, of how Hades was and how they do it. And every time you, you, you know, advance a stage, you gotta pick between two different, you know, uh, incentives that you want and abilities that you may want to help you become stronger and help you traverse through these stages and these chapters. So you, you do the same thing in Hades, you know, so this is the only game that I've ever seen where you could do that. So I think this is like kind of secretly an homage to Hades still in a lot of ways, which in that case, you know, super giant studios needs to be flattered by this because there's no other game that to me does this in this type of way um streets of rage i believe does it too streets of rage does actually that's not true streets of rage does it and teenage mutant ninja turtles strategy revenge both by dotemu mind you but you could trace this back to hades you know back in 2020 and all this stuff hades was one of the ones that really did that first in that format and it you know made it made for a great challenge in, in the gameplay so each chapter you complete advances the story and you go back to, to the front of Valhalla, you wake up and go back into the front and then you go back and you may earn some, you know, um, some more abilities to add on some new, uh, 
you know, clothing designs and all that stuff. And the sort of Olympus makes his way back into the game. That is a lot of fun. <laughs> so, you know, and, and just the way you play the game, is just really awesome in here. Um, it, it's, it's really fantastic. At some point you will have to face tougher foes along the way. Your difficulty level will change. If you lose, you will wake up back in front of the doorway of Valhalla, but not the threat. It's worth playing. It's an addictive way to play. Consider this game. I, I like to call this Kratos therapy session because now he's trying to not only take accountability, but to accept all of the things that he has gone through in order to advance because the person who invited him seems to have bigger plans for him. And you also see some familiar faces from God of War 3 in here too. So I thought it was really good. Um, this is like, if you own God of War Ragnarok, I, 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 it's hard not to say don't get this game because you get it for free. There's no, there's no charge for this game. This is a great addition. Like this is a prize addition to this. What a great way to celebrate the holidays this season. I'll tell you this. So go out of your way, play this game. It is fantastic. Um, I wish one person would actually go check it out. And that's David Jaffe. He was the guy responsible for God of War, the original God of War series. Um, he is also, you know, worked on Twisted Metal and a bunch of other, you know, deals as well. He has some issues with the new direction of God of War. He doesn't have issues with the actual overall game. He voiced it, but he just doesn't like the direction that they went. And, and the fact that like, um, they actually, you know, made him, made Kratos a little bit emo, I guess. I get it. I have no issues with it. It's, it, it brings in another dimension to Kratos, but he wanted Kratos. He always wanted Kratos to never get old, never change. And he, he's not like really hating, hating on it, but he's just giving his opinion. Like he'd rather this be the same Kratos, the TC Carson version of Kratos. If you, I, I wonder, I personally wonder if he would have actually changed the actors. The actors, I, I, I would, because here's my thing. Even if they made Kratos, if they made Kratos better, I mean, um, the same way, they would have kept, like, I don't, if they made him older. And we talked about this with, with TC Carson when he was on the show. I don't understand why TC Carson couldn't play the older version of Kratos. I, I just don't understand it. it. It just didn't make sense. And people are saying the motion capture. I'm like, nah, somebody mentioned the motion capture version of it, but like, you know what I mean? Like I didn't, you know, I didn't understand. Like that's, that's really crazy. It's really crazy that they did. Like you could do anything with the motion capture. I'm sorry. You can make people raise up a little bit more, man. I, I just, I, I love that he was Kratos. I mean, I love Christopher judge, but like, let's be real. Like TC will always be my Kratos. Like, and I'm just not just saying it because I had the chance to interview this dude and he, he does my liners for the show. Um, but you know what I mean? Like he, he did his thing. He did his thing for years. I hope that he gets some flowers to him sooner or later. And maybe I, this would have been a perfect time to reprise his role because if they're talking about his past, it would have been awesome to talk about his past back then. And I would I would have loved to have seen that. I would have loved to have seen him, you know, come back 
to voice the younger version of Kratos because he still got it. He still got he never he never had it. He never left it. You know what I'm saying? But folks, go out of your way, check this game out. It's awesome. But you know, check out the David Joffrey deal too. Cause I, I mean, I don't I I mean, I like it. I like this new Kratos. I I mean, I have no issue with the new Kratos. I like the direction that they're going, but I understand what he's saying. Like, I played God of War 3 a while ago, not too long ago. And yeah, there's some things that I feel that is better in God of War 3 that was not implemented in this game. Like Kratos is doing a hell of a lot more in God of War 3 than he does in both the newer games. Um, the weapons that he gains is a lot more like he had some awesome, awesome weapons back then uh, for for two and three. Actually, one, two and three. He had some awesome weapons that he acquired in the God of War. The weapons that he acquires a little like he has a it, it's a little bit more subtle. He has the axe. He has his blades of chaos and then he has a spear and that's it. Dude, he had like gauntlets. He had a whole bunch of things going on. He, yeah, he has a shield too, but he had a whole lot of um, assortments of things that he could use in God of War 3. Like go back and play that game. If you got a PlayStation 5 or even a PlayStation 4, you could play the remastered on there. It still holds up. That game still holds up majorly. And that fight with, with Zeus is still one of the most epic boss battles I've ever seen. So go out of your way and check that out. Trust me. Um, and then check out Valhalla too. It's, it's an awesome Christmas gift for fans. And thank you, Santa Monica. And thank you, PS Studios, for giving this to the fans as their way of thanking us for there. And I would love for more companies to do that as well. So, folks, that will do it for this edition of Select Start. This is the final Select Start of the year. We are going to take a break. We're going to come back in a new year check out what's going on in the new world see what happens from that time and uh but we will have our best of 2003 episode that we always have our annual best of episode so um stay tuned for that that i'm cramming everything up at all at once so stay tuned for that uh for now there will be some rewind episodes that are coming uh bob camp i believe i will do that one i will have that one uh up for people and that was a lot of fun when I was out and uh, maybe some other ones. I'm going to search my uh, archives and see what hasn't made it in the new platform recently. So stay tuned for that. But this Sunday, the final Prime Show episode, we'll talk about Yu Yu Hakusho that just came on Netflix. And I'll give my opinion because there's some things that I have that I loved. But one thing that I'm still not clear whether I'm disappointed in it because I don't know if it's, I don't know what's going on with the direction of what's happening here in season one, but we'll talk about that and much more going, uh, coming that has happened this week. Cause there's a lot of news that has happened this week on that, uh, note as well. So if you like this episode and every episode of talk time live, please go out of your way to check out our official website where you can find all of our audio episodes and video exclusives on air all archived on air, easy for you to find. There's also other media content there with panels that I work with uh, from Repop in 2021 during the pandemic. We also have uh, content that we have on our blog page and much, much more. If you are looking to subscribe and download to your favorite podcast platforms for the show, you could go on wherever podcasts are played, type in 
the search engine, type in ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, and you can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, you name it, it is there. Trust me, you will not miss a beat and you will not be disappointed by all of the great shows that we have on here. So again, folks, that'll do it for me. And I will just say this. I wish everybody a great holiday season. I wish everybody happy holidays. Merry Christmas, mind you, and all that stuff. And to those who are not celebrating, who just... There's some people who don't actually want to celebrate the holidays, who just get tired and, you know, burnt out by the holidays. You know, I wish for you a really great, peaceful time. You know, people, check on your friends during this holiday season. Not everybody is as festive as you may be. And... You know, sometimes you just need to check up on them and look out for them. The holiday season is about togetherness and, and gathering and all this stuff. But it's also just making sure everybody is on the up and up and chill. So check on your friends, your mental health, their mental health. Check on it. Just make sure everybody's OK. We can all move into the new year, and hopefully make a better new year, please, because there's a lot that's going to happen in 2024. Trust me. So that'll do it for me, folks. On behalf of myself. All I got to say is learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care and have a great week and holiday. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.